Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast. Adam mm. Stenko is out West. Just two plugged in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life on this Tuesday. Well, mm-hmm. We record on Monday for Tuesday. Coming Thursday, as always, the Going ISO edition, the long form with Gerald Henderson Jr., the eight-year NBA swingman with the Bobcats, the Blazers, and the Sixers. He's also an outstanding golfer. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk to him about playing golf with Michael Jordan. But let's talk about what's going on in the bubble and the in, ever increasing thought of should we even be doing this in the first place? I can present both sides. Where do you stand on this? As we record this at two thirty-five Eastern time on Monday, July thirteenth. I've gone back and forth for a while. You know how I felt about the actual resuming of the league. We've talked about it at length on this podcast, seemingly every week. I have been pessimistic about the return of the league. But all along the journey, my thought has been, it'll be good to get basketball back. Uh, We all want it to return. Obviously, there's economic reasons. Uh, just, I think people would love the entertainment side of this, but here the world is like crumbling around us. Like, let's have some positivity. That's sort of my viewpoint. And over the last week that's changed Noah, because as I've watched, I, again, I, I, I've been just keeping up with the numbers and watching trends and charts and how things are moving in this country. I've now switched over to this new belief of, I don't think we should play. And I think the reason is, is that I think in a weird way, it normalizes a situation that's no longer normal. And I think people need to get real about how dangerous um, the situation that we're currently facing is. You know, there's there's now we're seeing uh, youths affected. We're seeing how it impacts people's uh, health long term. And I I just have this now newly held strong belief that returning to play means that people are going to be able to turn on the TV and say, Oh yeah, it's awkward, but you know what? Basketball's back. We can get back too." And I think it means less people out in public with masks. I think it means more people interacting and having parties when they shouldn't. And it just extends this whole disaster for longer. So that's my, my latest take on this. How about for you? I'm all over the place on this. And I hadn't been thinking about how it, normalizes things and that other folks can just feel like, well, we can go back to normal because it's going to be dominating the news cycle, no matter what the virus, Mm -hmm. it leads the news every minute of every day. My, my thought was, is, and I don't, and I don't know the answers to this and I try to get the answers and I can't get a straight answer is the NBA taking tests away and lab use away from other people who need it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes now we're, we're seeing in, let's just talk about Florida, where the cases are, I saw yesterday, so on Sunday, or I guess it was, so then it would have been Saturday, the single highest recorded day of coronavirus cases in the United States. And if it was that one single day, they would have ranked fourth of all countries. If Florida was, you know, it went to the United States, and then Brazil, India, and then Florida if we're talking about Florida as a separate country. So, and folks are still are waiting a week, 10 days to get results if they can even mm-hmm. get tests and players mm-hmm. getting tested multiple times a day. So if we can, if anyone can give me a straight answer on 
is the NBA taking away, and I would imagine they would be, but are they taking away the resources from all other Americans? Then mm. I think that brings into, I think that that puts the league in a bad light in a PR battle that they don't want to be a part of. But at the same time, they still have a business to run. And it's not a business that is putting other people in harm's way within right. their own comp within their own right. company. So it's not like saying everybody is just going back to the office tomorrow. So so seemingly they have taken every single precaution to have a baseline of zero positive tests when everybody is out of quarantine in the bubble. It's hard to believe that it's going to stay that way, but if they can get to that point to start, then they have mm -hmm. absolutely done, they've done their job. And then if we start getting positive tests, then we'll find out just how even more powerful this, this virus is if we, if we didn't know already. So I, I continue to go back, I continue to go back and forth, but at the same time as players will continue to, and we'll talk about it later when it comes to jerseys to discuss and keep the conversation going as it should about the systemic mm -hmm. racism and black lives matter in, in this country. I think they, they have a responsibility to say, Hey, I hope you're watching. You should be watching this game inside your home. And if you're mm -hmm. going outside at halftime to get something to eat, wear a mask, bring it back to your home. I mean, that's the thing that if we look at it that way, the players can be and, and teams and, and executive groups in the NBA can be on the forefront of influencing others because we know how the, the world follows the NBA. They're trendsetters. I mean, just on the virus point alone, when, when the Rudy Gobert incident happened, NBA shut down, that's when the world shut down, or at least that's when the country did. And I think that it's a critical point, Noah, that, that this will be a great opportunity not just to spread messages of, uh, racial injustice and police brutality and inequality, which are already, we know, going to be spread, whether, as we will discuss later, the Jersey names, but also on the point of just we know that it's going to be talked about a lot with the players and, and the, the, you know, the publicity they bring to those topics. But it's also important that they talk about the health and safety and what's going on right now, and they can be very influential. So that's true that that would be, uh, very important for the league on the the point that you um, brought up about taking tests away. That's an interesting one because it's funny. There was a lot of flack early on for the league when it was, wait, why are the Utah jazz players, for instance, getting tested? Those tests are so important for other people and tests are limited right now. And no one was getting tested at that point. Well, the interesting part on that was at the time, a member of the Utah jazz actually is around more people than anyone you could possibly think about. Like, so they could be, even if they were asymptomatic, could be a carrier that could spread this virus to you know, their entire team and, and a building of 20,000 people. I mean, it was critical, I think, for pro athletes who were exposed to so many people on a daily basis to get tests. The point now, though, that you bring up about they're getting tested, what is it, five times, at least five negative tests in order to play? Is that the, is that the standard now, I think, that they're going to be going with? Um, if, if those tests are taken away from the general population, then that is problematic. But that's also more to do with our system than, as you bring up, than has to do with what the league is doing to, to somehow limit the public. So Danny Green, and I remember seeing this on Bill Oram's 
Twitter feed when he's not doing God awful, but also hilarious puns. He reports on the Lakers and Bill Orem. <laughs> I, and I think it's, I feel like it should have gotten bigger headlines. Danny green didn't practice the other day because of a lab error with his test. So what happens when, when this happens? I'm not saying if it happens again, right. When, when this happens again, that if the test, if there's some sort of error or if the error is that, you know, maybe it didn't come back in time, but all, but if an error shows that you're positive and then you've got to get another test that night and you got to get another test the next day. So what happens when there are lab errors and then it impacts your team and then it impacts gamblers and then it impacts the league in general? That's, that's the one that nobody's going to have figured out. And not to mention, we just saw today on Monday – Russell Westbrook test positive. We've seen positive tests, uh, you know, seemingly across the board. Obviously, some big name guys, Joker, we had seen. But as you've been pointing out, none of that matters until we get, in theory, until we get to the start of, of play, until we're actually ready to enter the bubble. But it's only in theory because we don't know the physical impact. We don't know if there's a lung issue now that someone like Russell Westbrook, and I don't, I don't want to even get into speculation, but we just don't know what that means long-term for him. But I, I think you're right. Like if it's, if we have a lab error, if we have a situation in which we have a positive test of a key player, again, we've already talked about all the variables of just sticking everybody in this bubble. Let's go. Let's see how it plays out. It's working for the basketball tournament as as we've watched for the most part, except for the fact that they had a team that was taken out. Multiple uh, teams. Or, uh, yeah, well, I mean, aside from that, if you take that. Right, and like MLS they, too. Yes. but And the funny thing is, though, it's it's weird because it's like they're able to just continue because what does it matter if you lose a team in, in the basketball tournament? <laughs> but the NBA, I mean, again, we come back to if a marquee name like, just think about what that's going to mean. If we're all of a sudden talking Western Conference playoffs and it's the Rockets and and it's James Harden and Westbrook, like, aren't playing because of this. Like, how do we view that? To, I mean, what is going what, on? At this, honestly, honestly, at this point, it's just whatever. Because we know that the, the, risks, are, the, the risks are higher than ever. And mm-hmm. the league is taking every single precaution. Players could opt out. It's at this point, it is whatever. Names on the backs of jerseys. LeBron's going with his name. And he said that none of the pre-approved messages really fit into what he was standing for. Mm -hmm. Weren't really consistent with his messages, but I thought vote would have been. Because Mm -hmm. he, he, he started the more than a vote campaign yes anyway anthony davis same thing it to me it doesn't matter what they what anybody puts on the backs of their jerseys but i thought from the very beginning putting names on the backs of jerseys of victims of police brutality i thought that was a slippery slope not saying that Mm -hmm. (laughs) this this isn't a vote for police brutality here but i'm saying it's a slippery slope and also having a pre-approved list of what you could put on that's That's the issue that's the league telling you like all right well these are the only things that you that you can do to me it's how much 
how much more are you bringing to the table by having a message on the back of your jersey than if not? And then if you decide not to, then you've got to have this explanation about why you're not. And then some people might look at you different ways. Could you, and I don't know, but I think what be what might be really meaningful is if you have if you want to buy a jersey of one of the players during this time, is it going to come with that message on the back? Mm-hmm. That might be that would be pretty that would be pretty powerful. But the league telling you what you can and what you can't, and only dealing with this one cause, mm, slippery slope for me. I was against it's it from always, the beginning. It, it's always so interesting because you know we we. At least I have these thoughts like, ah, fantasize. What would it be like to be commissioner of the NBA? Like, what a cool job. And you get to make these decisions. But anytime you're in the ultimate leadership position, like even the decisions that seem to be the easiest, even if you agree politically with these statements, which I happen to, and and it's beyond, let's say it's beyond a political statement, though. I, I think it's like just a humane way that we're looking at this. Um, to spread awareness, to keep people informed. So the kids at home are going to ask their parents, why is this player, why does Kyle Korver have that on the back of his jersey? Those kinds of things we can see as being yeah. a positive, right? Like we yeah, can all, I do. We can I all like recognize that. that. The, the thing is, though, as you talk about, anytime you start to then make changes, even if they seem like easy ones, you create situations in which it can be difficult. And so now there's backlash for LeBron. And even my cynical side, when I first read the headline and started to look into the story, oh, LeBron refused. My thought goes to, oh, well, he's not going to want to do this because, again, he wants to win another title, wants to maintain focus to this. And by the way, for branding purposes, still wants James on the back of his jersey uh, and whether that's for jersey sales or what have you, like it means something for for LeBron. I I don't, but that's that's one side. I don't know the reason deep down that LeBron wants to do this or doesn't want to do this, but I do think that he shouldn't, in a weird way, be put in that position anyhow. If he chooses or not, if any athlete right now has earned the right to refuse a league-sanctioned statement on racism because of their own actions. I think LeBron's earned that. Like he's taken enough risks. He's been out there that if there's anyone who's earned that right, LeBron is that guy for sure. But it also goes back to, I remember what we were talking about at the time with China. And I I, I go all the way back to when the league pulled the all-star game out of Charlotte. And Uh I felt like I was on an Island saying that they shouldn't have because it's a slippery slope. And I pointed to China. So you don't agree with, how North Carolina is dealing with the LBGTQ community. So you're going to pull the all-star game, but you've got offices in China and you have relationships with the Chinese basketball association and you're pouring all sorts of money into China and that's impacting their economy. And so you're okay with how they deal with pretty much everything on the human rights side of things. It just just doesn't make sense. And I remember at the time, before I before I went on the air, I remember calling my brother and asking him, he's gay. And I said, I, I don't want to come off as insensitive, but I, I want to come off as informed. So I'm going to ask you about this. Don't you think it would have been more impactful if you had 
all of the leaders of the LGBTQ community at center court before the game with all the NBA All-Stars, arms locked, hands raised, and you have this vision forever, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. moment in time captured that everyone can point to. And oftentimes the video and the photograph are much more valuable than just a whole bunch of speak or even the action of taking the all-star game out of, out of Charlotte. And what did he say? And that's I'm, I'm, and, and he absolutely agreed. He, he said that he, he absolutely agreed. He said, that's it's a slippery slope. What are you going to do? You're going to move. You then, then you, if you're going to do this and you should be looking at your relationships all, all over the world. It's, it, it, there's it's a it's a never ending it's a never it's never ending it's never ending and I, and, the, and the final thing i'll say on this is i'm curious as to why it did go to a here are here's the list that you can choose from you know pick your pick your appetizer your main course with the name on the back of the jersey like why is it a prefix menu why why isn't it that the players could just say this is what i would like to do and then it can get approval by the league or not, or they can negotiate it out. Yeah, and because then if if they say if they say, well, I wanted to do this, and then the league said no, then you get the question when you do put something on the back of your jersey. Oh, why are you doing this? Then the player says, well, I wanted to do this, and the league said no. You don't mm. you don't want that. You don't want to have slippery that slope. It's always a slippery slope. You also here here's something else that I don't. I'm already tired of. Shock shockingly, it's. NBA Twitter. This is the content I'm here for. All right. <laughs> we haven't nice. talked about NBA Twitter in a while. No, it's interesting. We haven't mentioned NBA Twitter in quite some time. So uh, during the pandemic, I've done a lot of muting sure. on, on Twitter. And it's Quality great move. because it, it kind of fell right in line with how Eden, who's you know, in kindergarten, how she was talking about how great Zoom is for for her teacher. Her teacher, she was saying, you know, if you know, if Miss Amy just wanted everyone to be quiet, she could just hit mute. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, imagine if she had that feature in the classroom. She all wanted you guys to be quiet at one time, and she just said mute, and everybody stopped talking. <laughs> imagine that, or imagine parents being able to do that to their kids. But it, but it actually, it actually works on on Twitter. This is the content I'm here for. You know, yeah, we we all understand that we're going to get some goofy, silly, fun stuff. Like Myers Leonard mm-hmm. shotgunning that Bud Light was the most impressive thing I've seen Myers Leonard do in his career. And that's <laughs> I mean, and that's to become one of the 450 best basketball players in the world. <laughs> you know? Right. And he, he right. shotgunned that beer. That was like that was Andre the Giant stuff. But but I'm talking about the phrase. This is the content I'm here for. Now is like the the new this league. It drives me right. Nuts. I mean that yes. And by the way, we don't need any of it because now there's just a an account that takes all of the quote unquote. This is the content I'm here for stuff. Yeah. If you're following two things, if you follow right now NBA bubble life. Which, which encapsulates everything going on inside the bubble. And, of course, uh, Rex Chapman's Twitter feed. Then you've got all the content you could possibly want there. And, by the way, I don't need you to mention that. I don't I, – it, it's right up there with – it's right up there with the folks that um, do a quote tweet with something and then have nothing to add. 
to the quote tweet, but say like, oh, I want to. I want to get page views for this too, or, or this. I, I want to get attention for this too. This is a well. So a big one. on that note, Darren Ravel this past week actually just retweeted me. There was no taking it as his own and then hitting via or hat or hat tip anything. Straight retweet. He rarely does that. I felt pretty good about myself. Wow, good for you. What was the tweet? I didn't even see that. No, it was a letter that. My dad had gotten, so in 1956, as polio boosters were getting started in Pittsburgh, Jonas Salk, the, the scientist, was at the University of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And the boosters, the vaccines, were being tested on the kids in Pittsburgh public schools. And my dad was six years old at the time, and they, would send, they had sent letters home. And this letter that he still has... It says, dear parents, and I guess they had um, uh, different individual lines. Like, so this one said, like, your child um, has, it, it seems like he's boosted up to a certain number, a certain level, and is no, no longer needs X, Y, and Z. And mm. signed, Jonas Salk. And I, to me, it was just so wild, because here's this vaccine or booster being tested. He's part of, it said, study group. Like, as you know, your child's been part of this study group and it was tested on all the Pittsburgh public school kids. So I tweeted out the photo of that and he actually just retweeted it, which is nice. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'll feel, uh, I'll now feel a little bit worse if I take him to task on something on the next tweet that I see from, from Darren Ravel. So yeah, you don't have to. Oh, oh got okay. my own issues I, with him. I want to hit on something before we, before we uh, say goodbye here, Noah, and that is. If people are paying attention, which they should be, to our Instagram feed at rejecting underscore the underscore screen, yeah. Um, t- Instagram followers went up since my daughter took over. We went from forty followers to seventy-one followers now. This thing is skyrocket. Get on the bandwagon now, as I want to point out. And I also might have had her half kind of promised something that I need to discuss with you, which we haven't hit necessarily on the air yet, but am I allowed to post any content on our, because I didn't, I've wanted to post content, but I haven't because I thought, well, maybe this is all part of Avery's strategy that we're not posting any content. Yeah. I I don't know. She said that it needs to run through her. I'm not even supposed to be going on there. So Avery, my daughter's, you know, the new social media coordinator for those that are, fans of the podcast and so we're going through this whole thing right now trying to figure out our strategy so i'm gonna have to ask her i don't know if she's within an earshot now but okay all right so so we will we'll hash out her but ideas when do we want to do that now because yeah. i know you got to run no 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 not I, it's not the ideas that i want to get hashed out but i did want to tell you about so there's a kid from her school right who has become a tiktok sensation has over 600,000 followers on TikTok. Basically gives one expression. Uh, I don't know how many TikToks you've watched in your life, but basically he just gives this one look to the camera. It's kind of like a blue steel, you know, a magnum look, if you will. The, um, you know, if you, if, if you're familiar with Zoolander and, and and know those famous poses. Yeah. But so he basically gives this look and it, it, it took off. So Tanner's in her class. So Avery had asked Tanner, Tanner Martinez is his name. Avery had asked Tanner 
if he would help promote the podcast. So he did, but then he said I, that he has, um, that in return, he wanted to come on the podcast to which I can't make that promise. I, this is, you know, look, we, we run things together. This, this is a democracy. You, you could say yes. You will. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe for a Tuesday edition, he's not getting his own going ISO, but anyway, not especially so, if you only, if you only specializes in looks, that's not going to be great yeah. for a podcast. Hey, whatever it takes to boost the follower count. So they're right now. So we, so point being though, so he, he told everyone to go jump on, said he, he might be featured at some point. We're at least talking about him now. I, I said, that's the most I can promise. I'll talk about him. He's a nice kid, but not only that, um, uh, he, uh, he has, it, it's meant that a bunch, if you have noticed recently, some of our followers are a bunch of Tanner fan accounts who are now following us. So in case you're wondering where that comes from, that's who it is. So I was simply not looking at the accounts. numbers. I was simply looking not at the number. Yeah, don't dive don't into who the these number. people are for sure. <laughs> Apparently, for some reason, there's a whole bunch of uh, high school girls now following uh, along with the podcast. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not getting ourselves in trouble with that. Also, definitely wanted to mention, and and you and I talked about it a little bit uh, away from the podcast. But Chris Copus, good friend of mine, who is. Uh, He's been in a battle, uh, a cancer battle for a while, and is one of the toughest guys that that I know. Uh, great basketball player too. We, we played intramurals together at ESPN, and he could really fill it up. Like in two minutes, he can get you fourteen points. I mean, this kid can really shoot it, can really play. Went to a big, big Providence College fan, but anyway, he listens to the podcast religiously, and he's he's told me that it's gotten him through a bunch of. Um, of of sessions of, of treatment and all and so i definitely want as as we go along just to um offer him words of encouragement and tell him we're, we're thinking about him too so i wanted to throw that out there as well and it warmed my heart knowing that the podcast helps him get through all sorts of difficult days so we're glad to be able to do that and chris please know that we're thinking of you all right so as adam mentioned you can follow the instagram feed Get on now. Do it. You know what? You'll never be left behind. At rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at Naismith Lives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NBA, five days a week. Locked On Fantasy Hoops, Josh Lloyd. Hollinger and Duncan every Monday. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board and your team every single day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming Thursday, the Going ISO edition with eight-year NBA vets, Gerald Henderson. Can't wait. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best. <laughs>